If one desires a thumbnail sketch of C.S. Lewis's attitude toward the centuries-old conflict between Protestants and Catholics, one might reflect on the pair of epigraphs by which he chose to introduce the screw tape letters. The best way to drive out the devil, if he will not yield to texts of Scripture, is to jeer and flout him, for he cannot bear scorn. Luther. The devil, the proud spirit, cannot endure to be mocked. Thomas More. Both quotations say basically the same thing. To paraphrase St. Paul, laugh at the devil, and he will flee from you. Aside from this extraordinary advice, what is remarkable about Lewis's choice of epigraphs is the identity of the two authors. Not only is Luther a Protestant and Moore a Catholic, but these two men are also accounted champions of their respective parties, each having fought fearlessly for his own position. What is more, Many of their fiercest confrontations were fought against one another, often in scathing letters and treatises. That Lewis, himself an Anglican, should choose these two voices for his epigraph creates an unmistakable impression. Here stand side by side two men, a Protestant and a Catholic, who opposed one another relentlessly during their earthly lives, seeming now to speak with one reassuring voice folded in a single party. The fact that both voices recommend laughter at the absurdity of evil is a testament to a conviction seen elsewhere in Lewis's work that the Christian perspective of comedy, in both the light-hearted and in the cosmic sense, will in the end win out over the tragic divisions that have historically beset the body of Christ on earth. This harmonious juxtaposition of Luther and Moore may say more about Lewis's approach to the Protestant Catholic question than most of his explicit comments, which are indeed sparse. Not only does he seem here to desire reunion, but he also suggests that a kind of union already exists beneath the surface even of bitter disunion. Lewis was no stranger to such bitterness, having been raised in Protestant Belfast amid acrimonious conflicts between Protestants and Catholics. His reasons for avoiding open discussions of the question, as the present book makes clear, can be partly explained through an understanding of his formative years in Protestant Ulster. Although Lewis did, for the most part, manage to avoid openly discussing the Protestant Catholic question throughout most of his life, the question did not always avoid him. When his autobiographical allegory, The Pilgrim's Regress, was published in 1933, its richly traditional imagery and sacramental plotline caused many people in Oxford to speculate that Lewis had in fact already become a Catholic. In a sense, the question of his relation to Catholicism would haunt him for the rest of his days. By 1952, when Mere Christianity was first published as a book, Lewis had grown so sensitive to questions about his denominational stance that he wrote a preface in which he confesses up front to being an Anglican, and then proceeds very carefully and at some length to defend his unbroken silence on these matters throughout the rest of the book. His stated reasons for avoiding ecclesiastical controversies in mere Christianity are simple. He says, first of all, that he is a mere layman, and that he is not qualified to navigate such deep waters.
Second, he says that he has avoided discussing such disputes precisely because they have no tendency at all to bring an outsider into the Christian fold. So long as we write and talk about them, we are much more likely to deter him from entering any Christian communion than to draw him into our own. His mission in this book, as he understood it, was to present Christianity as a unified front to an unbelieving world, speaking to non-Christians about the profound witness and power of the Christian faith across the centuries. This mission would, it seems, characterize much of his other work as well. As regards the question of reunifying the Christian church, Lewis does go so far in the preface as to say that, if I have not directly helped the cause of reunion, I have perhaps made it clear why we ought to be reunited.